Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Good morning and welcome to the Monday edition of the News Roundtable. My name's Quaid. Hi, how you doing? Joined in studio by uh, Steve Bull pressing the buttons and looking at me with a cocked eyebrow. And uh, Scott Hardy, uh, who's uh, in with the latest from the WTAD newsroom. By the way, coming up on the back half of today's show, uh, a guy who has spoken in town. Uh, this was uh, back in 2009. At the uh, Quincy Tea Party, St. Louis Tea Party uh, event just across the street uh, in Washington Park, Glenn Reynolds has written an opinion piece about uh, states essentially breaking from themselves. And he puts it into a larger context of, uh, and we've had this conversation, we've talked about it on the show before, and it's not a new conversation, Illinois splitting from Chicago. This is going on in many states around the country uh, these days. Uh, So he points to a larger issue, and I'll press it even further than that and bring it back home to the land of Lincoln before we wrap things up on the uh, back half of the show. But first things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good Monday morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Quay. The district says that as of today, Emerson, Illinois, has restarted work on upgrading natural gas piping in the historic Quincy Business District. Ameren, Illinois crews are resuming work on the project, and that work's being done from 3rd Street to just east of 6th Street and from Vermont Street to just south of Jersey. Ameren says that where possible, gas mains and services will be installed in the alleys behind the buildings. During the project, if your current natural gas meter is inside your building, Ameren will move it outdoors. That move, according to Ameren, improves customer safety and provides easier accessibility to the meter for servicing. Cameron says once the meter install is complete, a brief interruption of gas service will be necessary. They add they won't interrupt gas service without first notifying building tenants and rescheduling an appropriate time. Cameron also says that uh, plans rather to have a restoration crew ready to repair sidewalks and other damages that may result from the work. Cameron, Illinois says it's spending $330 million over 10 years to build a next-generation natural gas delivery system throughout the state as required by law. City of Quincy says it plans to start collecting yard waste again within two weeks. The city says that starting March 16th, Evans Recycling will again start collecting yard waste in marked containers and the special yard waste paper bags. In a change, the city says that marked containers must be marked with a two-inch wide stripe in a contrasting color 12 inches from the top of the container. city says in a statement that in order for yard waste, such as leaves and grass, to be collected, it must be bagged, bundled, or in cans and put at the curb. Yard waste can be stored in marked reusable containers or in biodegradable paper bags. They add that plastic bags aren't accepted, nor 55-gallon drums, and that the bags can't weigh more than 40 pounds. Branches can't be more than one inch in diameter and four feet long. Starting the 16th, Quincy residents can also take yard waste to Evans Recycling daily from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. A local school district in Hancock County is considering a multi-million dollar building referendum for a new school. 
That building referendum will appear on the March 17th ballot in the Illini West School District. Voters will consider that $17 million referendum to build a new high school that would be on the northern part of the school district near Highway 94 and County Road 2600 North. Some are against it. And in fact, according to Joe Neely with the Committee for Responsible Education, we they, he wants Illini West to be near the sheriff's office and near to Memorial Hospital in Carthage. Uh, according uh, to uh, some supporters, uh, according to some opponents, also, quote, you move the school 12 miles north of town and you're increasing response time, end quote. The committee thinks that the district should upgrade the current school building. Officials say that if the bond issue passes, it would cost taxpayers about 85 cents per $100 in assessed valuation. If voters approve that referendum, the, the district would tap into 50-50 Illinois capital development funds announced earlier this year by Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. Quincy Farm Products will be honored as the Quincy Area Chamber of Commerce's Agribusiness of the Year, and Amy Lucy will be honored as the Larry Fisher Ag Educator of the Year at the First Bankers Trust Ag Banquet. That's coming up next Tuesday at Town & Country Inn and Suites. The keynote speaker is someone that's familiar to these airwaves, Rita Frazier, who's uh, president of the National Farm Broadcasting Association. She's on the RFD Radio Network. She's the director of network and audio services. She's been that since 2015, and She's also, as Steve knows, the foil for one DeLos Yankee mornings. The U.S. Army Corps of Engineers says it's had to close a recreation area at Mark Twain Lake. The Corps says that the Frank Russell Recreation Area has now closed all vehicle and foot traffic for site improvements. That includes the Archery Park, Archery Trail, the Day Use, Picnic Area, the Pond, and the Campground. The upgrade includes upsizing the current water meter and replacing the water main for the campground. Corps says the improvements needed to enhance campground utilities and services. They add that throughout the upgrade, completed areas will be opened and signs and barricades will be updated with open areas. No word on the Corps when work on the improvements will be finished. And a Quincy man was arrested Sunday and faces a variety of charges. Quincy police say that they picked up 33-year-old Robert Henry yesterday, 9th and State. He faces charges of possession of meth with intent to deliver aggravated battery to a police officer and resisting arrest. He was also wanted on an outstanding ward for not appearing in court on a drug charge in McDonough County. That is the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our social media, including both Twitter and Facebook. Okay, so you're talking about Illini West. Usually the struggle is for the vote of the bond issue. Is it going to be passed? Is is it not going to be passed? But it sounds like if it does get passed, that's just the beginning of the, the, the wrangling, the, the push and pull uh, that's going to be going on uh, north of Quincy. That is what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like the... Um you know, they don't want it so far north and that they just want to keep it in Carthage. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and I don't remember, did, did you explain why the particular location was chosen? Uh, no, that I did not. And that was uh, basically the the stories from our news gathering partners at KHQA. So uh, that's just the site where the school district and the school board decided that's where it, that's where they wanted it to be. So, okay. right. yeah, I mean, and that's that's happened before. You'll remember the Adams County Jail the uh, county first wanted to put that site out on 48th Street, uh, not far from John Wood Community College there in a setback area. And um, as as polite people say, there was a bit of a kerfuffle about that. So that's when it was decided to just go ahead and tear down the old jail and, you know, the old health department and buy that land. And away we go with the new one. So. Uh, thank you very much, sir. And uh, bonus points, kids, today, if you use the word kerfuffle properly. 1014, 
We'll take a time out, and when we come back, what does uh, Instapundent Glenn Reynolds have to say about secession fever in states around the country? We'll get into it next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. It's 1018, and uh, if you were at the Lincoln's Legacy event some ten and a half years ago now, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, one of the people speaking there was Glenn Reynolds, uh, known affectionately at that time as the Instapundent. Uh, times have certainly uh, changed. There's a lot more uh, online traffic for the type of stuff uh, that he does uh, at that time. Uh, he was a professor, I believe, at the University of Tennessee. He may still be, uh, for all I know, but he's penned uh, an opinion piece that points to a conversation that we've had on this show previously about states against themselves, or more to the point, uh, states, rural parts of states, against the Big cities in those states. Now, growing up in Illinois, you know that you've lived uh, your whole lives with Chicago wagging the dog, uh, as it were, and Chicago thinking, we're not wagging the dog, we are the dog. If you go to Missouri, uh, I didn't understand this until I lived in Kansas City. They look at St. Louis that way. Mm-hmm. You, you, you. Oh, St. Louis. You, it's the, the 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 tail wagging the dog. I don't know that it's exactly the same in Chicago, but it's not too dissimilar. There's a whole thing. Kansas City looks at St. Louis that way. It's just like show-offs, fancy snobs. St. Louis looks at Chicago the same way. Yes, St. Louis does look at Chicago that way, even though, oddly enough, they're not in the same state. It's that no, little no, no. brother syndrome. Yeah, but they but Chicago looks down as as in you know as as shown in the early '80s by former Mayor Harold Washington at the time when forced to move possibly move playoff baseball games to St. Louis. Why would we go to that sweat box? Ah, yes, ah, good times. Yeah. Uh, and and it's not you know I'm I, we're pointing to the situations uh, around here, but it's not too dissimilar in most states you go to. You go to Kentucky, you get outside of Louisville. Uh, people in the state think that Louisville wags the Frankfurt uh, dog, if you will. Not no pun intended there. Um, but uh, secession conversations have always been just that. It's a way to get your anger, your angst out about that. But they've gained more steam uh, over the last year or so, and not just here uh, in the land of Lincoln. And this is where Glenn Reynolds uh, starts from. Uh, he says residents in more rural parts of many states want to secede, essentially, because those states, as he says, are dominated by the residents of the large urban centers, uh, who he says know little and care less about the lives of the people who live out in those rural areas. And then he goes on to give examples. He says, you've got Oregonians right now uh, looking to cascade, he says, into Idaho. 
You have Virginians who are identifying as West Virginians, and who'd ever thought we'd get to that place? If you've been to Virginia and West Virginia, would you have ever thought that Virginia proper would want to become, well, I know that West Virginia was essentially one state, Uh, you know, they were together before the Civil War, and West Virginia split off, sure. thought it was the other way around. But you have a situation where now you have Virginian proper, you know, who are outside of the D.C. metro area, and if you want to add on Richmond, saying, identifying uh, with West Virginia, and saying maybe we should just become part of West Virginia. Now, this is about the Second Amendment. Uh, in Virginia, that's where the big rub has been over the last eight, uh, six, eight months or so. Um, Californians, this isn't a new conversation for California either. For the last several years, there have been lots of different plans to divide up California. Do you make it into north and south uh, to have a 51st state? There was a, I believe at one time, there was like a six-state plan for California to bust it apart into sections. There have been many different uh, ideas when it comes uh, to the Golden State. There's a uh, law in Texas that if any time they want to, they can separate into five different states. And Texas, as you know, has a very independent stripe uh, to itself. And if you don't understand it, ask a Texan. They'll be more than happy to explain it to you. Uh, Reynolds also points out that there are New Yorkers who think (laughs) that there should be three states uh, carved from the uh, Empire State. Uh, and Reynolds points to what we've said. So this phenomenon isn't new. Uh, but he says the reason that it's gathering steam right now is the same reason why most secession movements, uh, and he says including the American break with Great Britain back in 1776, gained steam. Uh, he says it's the belief that the people who want to leave are being treated badly and callously by rulers over whom they have little or no influence. Uh, and he says a general sense of being held in contempt. I looked at it this way. I, I push it a little bit further than Reynolds did. Uh, and I said being made to play a game that you can't win. The, the setup rules have been heads we win, tails you lose. And that's a fixed game. And I, and I think in many cases you look at this as why we have uh, President Trump. He, he used the word rigged uh, during his campaign four years ago. Uh, you're made to play a role, uh, the role of, of patsy and, and, and provider. Heads they win, tails you lose. The president called this rigged, and for people on the inside of the conversation, President Trump's arrival and victories seemed wholly out of place. But when you look at it through the lens of, I'm fed up with heads you win, tails we lose, uh, it makes a little bit more sense. Reynolds says the worst thing in the world is to be in a red part of a blue state. He says you wind up regulated to suit the whims of the people whose interests are not yours. Essentially pointing to your self-determination is determined in many cases by people who aren't you. He points to gun control laws uh, in Virginia being supported by people in D.C. and the suburbs around uh, D.C. And those laws... In turn, he says, are, re- uh, are resented by the inhabitants of less populous counties where their values, as he says, remain more traditionally Virginian. 
he points to Oregon. It's a, it's the same uh, argument, just with a different point. In Oregon, he says counties are divided over greenhouse gas cap and trade legislation. Uh, and he points to, as we started this whole conversation with West Virginia, got its own start uh, this way. He says, but we in many times in the past, we think this is just blowing off steam, getting it off your chest. He says, could could secession like West Virginia from Virginia happen again? Reynolds posits a, a hypothetical in which, and Illinois plays into this, in which California reaches a budget crisis. Huh. Uh, that would cause union-supporting legislators to absent themselves, preventing a quorum, only then to see the legislature replaced by a new California. Uh, that's an interesting scenario, but the fact that it's based on uh, budgetary problems or crises uh, is something that I think we find very familiar in the land of Lincoln, something that we talk about. And, well, since we haven't had a properly balanced budget, uh, even though there's a lot of backslapping that goes on and says we, we have a balanced budget, when you get right down to the hard, cold numbers, months after the fact, it turns out we really haven't had a true balanced budget in this state for many, 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 many years, and that turns into eventually a financial crisis that uh, would perhaps bring about that secession possibility. So at that point, if there is a budgetary crisis, do you rally as one state, or is your solution to break it apart, to split it up? He says that this is not something that is uh, impossible when you concern when you bring California and Illinois into the conversation, especially budgetarily and i find that fascinating now when this comes about if this comes about you have the uh you have the federal government who would weigh in on this uh he says congress however is unlikely to go along unless either the split won't disturb the existing balance of the senate or the party that would benefit from the split already enjoys a strong majority so essentially D.C., in being only concerned about itself, would go along with it if it doesn't rock the boat of the people who are in charge at this point in time. Meaning, D.C. doesn't even really care. Uh, so if you're going to do what you're going to do, do it as long as it doesn't affect us. And I find that fascinating. Reynolds gets to uh, the point, he says, it would be nice if urban majorities in these states showed more consideration for their rural countrymen. But he says that seems unlikely. He says recent events in Virginia look to me, this is Reynolds talking, look to me as if the majority takes actual pleasure in kicking around the minority. He says, uh, but uh, approaching things from a different perspective, the perspective of the minority is how we got the 1964 Civil Rights Act. He says Congress could ultimately act by preempting state regulation in hot-button areas like the Second Amendment or environmental reg regulations that affect uh, farmers. He says, right now, federal law sets a floor, and then states are free to regulate stringently upward from that. He says, instead, Congress could make federal law a ceiling that prevents states from punishing their rural inhabitants. He says that would eliminate the, he says it wouldn't eliminate all the friction, but it would help 
it would put it in a, at least a step towards the proper direction. And ultimately, it comes down to it's cheaper than a civil war. Now, does that mean that there would be a hot war? I doubt it. I don't know that you're looking at a hot war in Virginia rural areas versus, you know, the metro D.C. area. And I don't know that you're looking at a hot war between rural downstate Illinois versus the Windy City. But in Illinois, abuse of power and, and, and corruption are and have been so prevalent, so long, uh, so long standing, that it's kind of become the norm. Everybody, uh, however, is frozen uh, at the moment because of federal investigations. Uh, on some level, uh, I would say that's a good thing, but, but not even as much as, you know, a college athletic program getting out in front of a scandal by self uh, policing, uh, you know, for public consumption. We here in Illinois aren't even ready to do that yet as a government. At present, Illinois is just hoping to call uh, the feds to see what cards they're actually holding. Meanwhile, the disenfranchised uh, increasingly feel like they've got nothing to lose, they being we. So they move physically to greener, fairer pastures. Stay tuned. I don't know that this conversation of secession will grow further than it already has, but it's interesting that this conversation is being had not just in Illinois, but in many, many states across the land. That is the Monday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.